Welcome to the Writer Dojo. Your host, Steve Diamond. That's me. And Larry Korea. Hey, guys. Today's episode, POV. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Writer Dojo. We are pleased, as always, to have you with us. Now, today, what we want to talk about is point of view. Because... This is a big man, one. This is a huge, huge deal. It's a huge decision you need to make pretty early in the creative process. And this, you know, a, a lot of times when Larry and I talk about things, we talk about rules. And, and as we say the word rule, we sneer as we say it. You can't see it, but I hope you can hear it in our voices. We're rebels. We hate, we hate rules. They suck. So, you know, it's like tuna loaf. It's stupid and dumb. So we're going to talk about point of view today, POV, as we'll say often enough, um, for, for those of you who are, who are super, super new to this. Now, we're just going to go through and we're going to talk about times when we think it's probably a good idea to use them, the benefits, the cons to each of these things, and, and some of the actual honest-to-goodness rules that go with these, because this is actually very, very important, and uh, we, we want you guys to listen carefully. This is one of those, when we say rules, we usually are pretty flippant, but in this case, there are certain things that if you do wrong, you will screw up and piss off a lot of readers. There's only a handful of authors that can... We always say, you know, anybody can violate anything if you have sufficient skill. There's only a handful of authors who violate point of view uh, and get away with it. Looking at you, Frank Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Or I was going to say, who's the guy that wrote The Road? Cormac McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy. Uh, but his is more, he he violates all rules of like English and grammar and gets away with it. So. Yeah, whatever. But here, you're not Cormac McCarthy, guys. No. <laughs> and and you're not Cormac McCarthy. You're not Frank Herbert because he's dead. So, because you're listening. I'm to way us. too upbeat. I, I'm assuming Cormac McCarthy's just a depressing guy to be around. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I don't know. He might be a great guy. He just gets nor, it all out of his system in his books. Nor are you Robert McCammon, who I mention. It's my obligatory mention. No, I don't get paid for every mention of his that I make in an you episode. You should at this point. I really wish I was. You should sponsor the show. Heck, yeah. <laughs> but so, point of view, guys, is very important. When, when me and Steve started this podcast, the whole goal was to help writers uh, new new writers or writers who are trying to improve the craft. And so this is something you need to decide pretty early on your story that you're telling. Are you telling a, uh, the big ones, the two big ones, the main ones that people use? There are some weird ones, but the two that everybody go to are first person and third person. Okay, so I'll explain first person and then I'll let you describe sure. third, okay? So first person being, think of it in terms of I, okay? It's... If you were narrating your own life as you're walking to and from work, what would it be? That's first person. So often when you're reading these stories, um, you are seeing things that the way the narrative is described as, well, I walk, I was walking down the street and then this monster came out and jumped me, but it was sexy. So it was cool. And I gave it a big hug. Right? Wow. That, that story was like going all sorts of places. That's right. So that's first person. Now, the places where you commonly see first person are detective stories. Probably the most common, yeah. Yep. Um, I would say you see it pretty often in urban fantasy because there's happens to be some pretty heavy crossover there. That's how I made my bones. That's yep. how you make that's how you paid for your house. Yep. Right? Um, you see it uh, I'd say you see it, you know, fifty fifty when you're when you're talking about horror. Um, so the benefits to first person are an immediacy into the action, okay? 
Everything is right there. Everything is in your face. You're seeing everything from the point of view of that character. The negatives are you don't get to see what anyone else is thinking. Yep. Okay. So limited viewpoint. Yeah. It's a very, it's first person. It's a limited viewpoint. You know, everything is, I did this, I did that, I gave the guy a high five. That's actually one of the traps we'll talk about later, the traps you fall into. Because on first person, uh, you can become very repetitive in your narrative. Absolutely. uh, Because everything is going through one person's perspective, uh, especially when you're getting into action stuff. Mm -hmm. It can get very bad if they don't know what they're doing. But the great thing, though, conversely, is you you can get really into the character and you can very quickly make the readers care about that character, um, and you can influence the, the the enjoyment that a reader is having with the story. I think much quicker and easier. It's very much you hear like you know walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. That's really what first person is. Uh, first person is like putting on the VR headset a version of a book. You are immersed in that guy. You are walking around looking out his eyes. Everything's coming through his perspective, his narrative. So you get to know that character really good. I'm a big fan of I, about half my books are first person, about half my books are third person. So yeah. uh, now third person is where you are telling the story as if you are outside of the narrative. So you still have a point of view character usually. You'll have one point of view character per scene. Uh, and you are describing things still through them, unless you're doing what's called third person omniscient. We'll get to that. That's 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 a hard one. Uh, I just threw up in my mouth a little. Yeah, unless you're Tolkien, you don't do... Uh, again, unless you're Frank Herbert, yeah. like, you're not doing this. Third-person omniscient is, is is basically God is telling the story and sees all, knows all. Usually when you're doing third-person, I'll take one particular character from that scene. It won't be I, I, I. It'll be Bob did this, Bob did that, Bob walked over here, Bob punched Fred in the face. I won't tell you how Fred feels. I can tell you how Fred... I think Bob would think would Fred feel, but everything's coming from that perspective of Bob. Now, when I change a scene, I can go to a different person. Maybe it is Fred. Maybe now, from the next scene, I can tell it from Fred's perspective. And, oh, I just got punched in the face. Uh, And so I can have Fred's version of Fred did this, Fred did that. That's third person. And the advantage of third person is I can tell a larger story from more points of view. Uh, So, for example, like Monster Hunter is usually in first person. Um, But when I wrote Hard Magic, I wanted to tell a wider story. So in that, I had um, two main primary characters for the first book, and then I had probably four or five secondary characters that had a few scenes each from their perspective, and then I had one or two tertiary minor minor characters that we had one scene from theirs, because the rule of thumb with third person is tell the story of that scene from whoever has the best view of it or the most interesting view of it. I think that should cover the nuts and bolts of what the two are. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Now, the, the benefits to third person, obviously, are a more varied experience. Yeah. I would say first person is easier to get depth, uh-huh. and it's easier to get width with um, third person. That sounded a little porny. <laughs> what was we, we should do the erotica episode next. No, uh, <laughs> neither one. We'll, we'll never have one of those because, let's be honest, neither one of us writes that no and I, nor will we it would be embarrassing I, I i don't have the skills for that um but what i mean there is that with first person it's super easy to get in that one guy's head and really get to know them really well really fast third person it's more spread out i can get into multiple people's heads 
the the thing is you can do both um and some of you guys are going to be more comfortable in one form and yeah. others are going to be more comfortable in the other form yeah. like i said i switch back and forth all the time um honestly i look at like my short stories about half my short stories are first person half my short stories are third person it just kind of depends on the angle i'm coming at and sometimes i'll even do third person with just a single point of view character mm-hmm. the whole time uh it just kind of depends on the nature of what i'm going for and kind of the feel yeah now the negatives to third person because there are negatives oh yeah and that's uh it becomes very hard for a person, um, oftentimes for an author, and we see this with the best of the best authors out there, all of the characters start sounding the same. That is a huge danger. Um, I've seen that a lot, and it, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, there's certain authors that I hate, and I, I don't want to I don't want to bag on anybody on this show because this is no. this show is to to help authors get better and is, mm-hmm. is to help you guys' career. It's not for me to snark on guys that I don't think are that good. Um, but there are certain authors out there that write third person and when they do, and they're actually one I'm thinking of in particular, he's actually better at first person, but when he writes third person and he jumps from character to character, every single one of them has the same internal voice. They all sound like the same person. And at that case, they might as well be. To me, this is, that's Joss Whedon syndrome. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's okay for us to bash on him because he's a dirtbag in real life. Yeah, and he's got some shows that I absolutely love. I mean, I'm a huge Firefly fan. Yeah, right. Well, and and I think you know, I think both Buffy Buffy and Angel are 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 pretty good for the most part. Um, That said, neither one of us is a 25 year old woman for him to harass. So we (laughs) that's probably true. Yeah, so we don't have that going for us. Um, Um, Did you just assume my gender, Larry? I did. I'm sorry, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I known you for a long time. I just kind of assumed. So. The, the Plus, trouble, I know you're not 25. That's true. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so the, the one thing that the problem I have with Joss Whedon is that every character turns snarky. Yeah. They all have the they same all sense all of humor. And, and I remember watching the first, when, when it was announced that the first Avengers movie was going to be directed by Joss Whedon, I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Every character is going gonna, is gonna to have that snarkiness to them. And guess what? I was right. I mean, there's that whole scene where Thor is getting pissed at Loki, and they're kind of fighting and stuff, and then and then Iron Man swoops in and 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 you know hits Thor and takes him out, and then Loki makes the super snarky comment, and it it, it was just I wasn't seeing Loki anymore, I wasn't seeing Thor anymore, and I wasn't seeing Iron Man anymore. I was seeing Joss Whedon. Well, and the one thing that saves that because film is such a different medium than books. Is that that can you can get away with quite a bit of that in movies because the actor is going to bring so much spin mm-hmm. to to that you know um, so like Firefly they can have the same snarky sense of humor but the way it's going to be delivered by Jane is entirely different than the way it's going to be delivered by Wash you know what I'm saying yeah. because Alan Tudyk and Adam Baldwin are both extremely good actors. And really playing those characters good. So even though you got the same well, kind of thing. They're they're distinct human individuals who have distinct personalities in real life. And they bring that to the table. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you're writing them. And Adam is also a great narrator, by the way. Yes. Tom Stranger. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go check that out. On Audible now. Um, Brought to you by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, 
But with that, though, when you're the person writing all of those points of view... You don't get to hide behind an actor. You don't get to hide behind the actor who brings their own nuance and expression to it. Yep, absolutely. And and so that's the trouble. That's that's the hard part. That's kind of the rub when it comes to third person, right? Now, on that... If you have the skills, and this goes back to our character episodes, if you have the skills to really think of that character and where that character came from, the character's background, who they are, the personality, their sense of humor, their wit, and you can write them accordingly, then that is incredibly powerful because now your book is just way more diverse and it feels more organic, like they're actually reading the story of several different people as opposed to just one dude. That is something that takes practice. I think I, I think I tackle that pretty good. Like I look at how I write. Uh, like 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 so I talk, I bring up hard magic a lot because that's one of those that's in third person. But the characters in that are wildly divergent as far as their personality. So I write Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan is a rock. He is the solid as gravity, uh, hard boiled detective, veteran, old school. You know. Then I write Sally Faviera, and it's like. It's like feeding a hamster pixie sticks, right? And she is just bouncing off the walls. Long run-on sentences, like very specifically, her like, my grammar goes bad when I write yeah. uh, a Faye. Because what happens is her internal monologues are all run-on sentences, always. Because Faye, her brain is just processing information at a wild rate, and she makes jumps. She's kind of ADHD. And so Faye, Faye makes these quick leaps that other people are catching up and later on we see how intelligent she really is because she's super intelligent um but that's the kind of thing where you just have to decide that character voice and you got to stick with it and you got to make it sound good now one of the cheats that i did because um you know when i wrote when i wrote residue i was super concerned about my ability to to write characters and make them sound distinct because it's not yeah. Look, it ain't easy, guys. No, it's 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 one of those things that takes. This work. is freaking hard, and even the best of the best authors out there, it's I mean, it's hard for them too. We'll we'll do an episode about dialogue and dialogue tags, especially because I've I, I've done really good in audio, and that that forces you more than anything mm-hmm. to understand character voice. Exactly. So here is my cheat, Larry, and and I think you remember this from Residue. Every, every scene that is told from Jack's point of view is first person. Every scene that is told from Alex's point of view is third person. So I cheated. Yes, yeah, so you did. Some books do mix that. You know, and you don't see too many of them. Yeah, that's rare, um, but you do see that. But I did that intentionally because I, I remember looking back at it and saying, man, I, I really need these people to feel like distinct individuals. And when they read this, when they get into this scene, I want them to know who the scene is without even without even having a tag in front of it that says, this is Joe Schmo. And it's funny because I forgot you had done that, actually. Yeah. So you do it smooth enough, people don't trip over it. Right. So. And But it's, they are distinct enough to where when it's in first person, it's like, oh, it's first person, it's Jack. He has a very specific tone. And then when I go over to Alex, who is, is a mind reader, it's third person, which means it's, it's very much more like kind of nebulous and encompassing of her and everything around her and she's seeing everything. Yeah. And and her attitude is completely different. But I, I, I add an extra layer of removal by putting them in different tenses just to make it easier. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting to see there are tricks like that and if you're smooth, you can get away with them. If you're clumsy, they, they stick out. It's like any other trick 
was a writer. I remember Lee Modisette did a science fiction novel. I'm trying to remember the title of it. We've mentioned Lee before, great guy. He did one where there was, there was four point of view characters, but they were all first person, Whoa. which is actually really interesting. But That's hard. It was very, it was, it was well done though, because Lee had all four of them separate and distinct. So as soon as you started reading, even before it said any character names, just yeah, it was. by how they were perceiving the situation and what the situation was, you could tell who it was about of yeah. the four narrators. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to discuss, we're going to go a little bit more in depth into the nuts and bolts of this, and some of the things and the pitfalls that you really need to watch out for when it comes to to tents. A lost colony planet, a perplexing murder, and a dog homicide cop in this audible original story from best-selling author Larry Correa and narrated by Oliver Wyman. When the biggest colony ship in human history was sent to settle a paradise world, an accident hurtled it deep into uncharted space. A thousand light years from Earth, with no way home and no way to call for help. The colonists' only hope for survival was the one barely habitable planet in range, a nightmare world they named Croatoan. Landing on the only five mountain peaks tall enough to rise above the lethal acid clouds, the settlers carved a civilization from the rock. A hundred years later, Five Points has grown into a city of corruption and violence. With powerful corporations ruling the surface domes and criminal syndicates running the caverns below, murder is just the cost of doing business. So when a special magistrate is found dissolving in a protein fat, it barely registers. Until DCI Lutero Cade, the last honest cop in Five Points, catches the case. What he finds could threaten the colony's very existence, or at the very least, Cade himself. Lost Planet Homicide will be available on Audible on October 21st, 2021, and will be free with an Audible Plus subscription. All right, welcome back, everyone. Again, we're happy to have you with us. So in the first half of this episode, we were talking about, you know, all the different types of, of tenses, the, the two main ones. We'll briefly touch on a couple of the other ones. You know what? Let, let's go ahead and touch on those now. They're not important. Um, I mean, in, and I mean that kind of facetiously, but a lot of the other ones, look, you're not going to use them that much unless you're freaking awesome at your, you're, you're like Dan Simmons level awesome. Yeah. For the most part, they're kind of non-entities in fiction. So we've got second person. Which, if first person is I and third person is he, second person is you. Think of your old choose-your-own-adventure books. That's about the only place you ever see it, really, in fiction. Now, I've seen a couple people do short fiction in second second person, and it's okay. I mean, those people have been pretty good authors. Yeah. And you you can pull it off in short spurts. What I find is I get real annoyed and real tired real quick. Of reading that, you get real tired and you get real annoyed real quick. Yeah, I like, know. It's, it's, oh gosh, that was very second person meta there oh, for yeah, a sec. No, don't even. Oh. So yeah, Larry, ne- neither Larry or I are big fans of it. However, well, then we talk about third person if, omni- yeah. omniscient. However, if you're awesome and, and you feel like you can do second person, hey, you know what? Give it a try. Why oh, the yeah. hell not? I'm not telling you guys. I, I'm not the guy to tell you not to do anything. No, heck you guys no. know that. I violate. I violate all sorts of rules. Now, when it comes to third person omniscient. What we're talking about, and Larry mentioned this briefly earlier, it's third person. It's he, she, it, whatever, um, and you're, you're jumping around in, in, in the varied points, the different characters' heads. Now, third person omniscient means it's almost like, like Larry said, it's from God's point of view. 
from the omniscient viewer, the one who sees all, knows all. And what you will often see um, is from one paragraph to the next, you'll jump from one head to the next into the mind of someone else. Which gets really confusing um, for the reader, unless you you are super good at that. You have to be a very, very good author to make that work. I very rarely see anyone pull that off. And it's usually when you see the head jumping in one scene, it's more amateur. It's not It's not a good writer experimenting. It's a, no, it's, it's, a someone, bad, it's a bad writer who doesn't know the rules. Yeah, they don't know any better. And so what happens is like Bob is doing this and Bob is thinking about this. And all of a sudden Fred is thinking this, but there was no jump there that I knew was Fred. And it was just like, wait, wait how does, what? Because you still think it's Bob. And yeah, so that's one really watch out for that, especially new guys. You do this a little while, you'll you'll learn to recognize when you've screwed that up. Yeah. Um, well, and 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 as a re, you know, my my previous life as a reviewer, that was the one thing that if I saw that in a book, as soon as I saw that that there was some head jump in hell going on, I was done. It's killer. I was done. Now it's really bad. There, there again, there are a few authors where there's isn't the exception. And I've, and I've read those guys, and they're great. Um, you know, your Frank Herbert, your Robert McCann, well, I mean, and such. Those guys, aren't, those guys, you know, that's a skill level that's entirely different. And also it's the nature of the kind of story they're telling. Yeah. So Dune is is not a normal book. You know no, what I mean? No, it is not. Uh, and so, in, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. different. You used to see kind of old school horror authors do this quite a bit. Um, but... Uh, you see it every now and then in like big epic fantasy where they're doing like a world buildy kind of thing. Oh, uh, where it's more idea based rather yeah, than yeah, and it's like in the land of such and such, blah blah blah. You know, yeah, <laughs> not my thing, but yeah, some people do that. But... No, it. So here, 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 here's our thing, guys. Again, we're never going to tell you what not to do, but for the sake of ourselves who like to read books and everyone out there, think of the children. Think of Larry. Think of the puppies. <laughs> yeah, please think of the puppies. Think of the, think of all those puppies out there, and don't make uh, them sad. Don't guys. make them sad. Um, don't don't make them don't make them something that shows up in a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. So, use first person, use third person limited, meaning each scene is only told from one specific point of view character in yeah. third person now you can get pretty nutty with that and you can have a lot of fun with that but yeah. put some scene breaks mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be like if you want to you want to jump from head to head that's great but make sure you do like you know this thing from bob and then have a break and then fred and if you when you jump into fred's head in that very first paragraph please give the reader some form of clue yeah, establish it th- to establish that this is fred yeah. Okay. I actually do that a lot when I'm doing third-person action sequences. Uh, I will do a bunch of quick breaks, like uh, like the the finale of Hard Magic. I have like 16 breaks. That 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 finale is balls to the wall. Amazing. One of the best things I've ever written, though. Uh, I had to storyboard it, but I jumped from character to character to character. But each one had a little break. Um, now the part where that does get confusing, we we'll, we'll do a whole episode about how to write for audiobooks. Uh, but in audio, a lot of times they don't announce the break. And then it's up to the narrator to shift the tone. And once again, it comes down to you making sure you have a clue in that opening paragraph saying we are now in the head of so-and-so. So when we go into, when you as a new author, you're going into your story, let's assume that you have picture character, 
you know, you're, whether you're your protagonist, antagonist, both, all of the above, none of the above, whatever. Um, and you've, you've done what we've suggested before, and that is you're, you're asking questions and, of your characters, and you're, that is influencing the building of your, uh, of your world. Um, or perhaps uh, you've started with your setting, and that has influenced all sorts of different things. That's influenced um, the type of characters that you decide you want to create within that setting. Um, what, one or the other, it doesn't matter. You have to make that decision pretty quick, as if you're going to do first person or third person. Honestly, I found for a lot of people starting out, they're going to. What I've seen is people tend to automatically gravitate towards one or the other. Mm-hmm. And what I think that comes from is what they like to read. Absolutely. And I think it's just because that is the natural default setting for them. And I've also seen like creative writing classes hurt people because they try to shoehorn them into writing the opposite of what comes natural to them. And that just is me. When you guys are starting out, I really recommend doing what is easy and fun. Uh, once you've been doing this for a while, you want to you want to test yourself. You want to push some boundaries. You want to do some crazy stuff. That's awesome because you know how to do it. You know how to work. But when you're first starting out, the most important thing is get the work done. So if you are more comfortable writing first person, that comes to you more naturally and the words flow, by all means do it. Third person, by all means do it. It's kind of like when we were talking about uh, plotting versus um, uh, discovery writing. Uh, same exact thing. Some of you are going to gravitate naturally towards one. Some of you are going to gravitate naturally towards the other. Neither one is right or wrong. You can tell a great story either way. Yeah, and, and I think I, I like what you said about it's a product of what you read. And I don't think we can I don't think we can stress that enough that even though you, you want to be an author and stuff, it is important to keep reading. Oh yeah. I tell you one of the hardest things about being a writer for me is it uh, has killed my reading time. I don't read nearly as much as I used to uh, now that I'm a writer full time because my brain goes automatically into edit mode uh, when I start reading people's books. So I don't relax when I read books anymore unless it's something entirely divergent from what I do. All day. But otherwise, my brain is... And if it's a really good book, my brain will start reading it and be like, oh, wow, that's clever. I see what you did there. Ooh, good word choice. Oh, that was a very smooth transition. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, which is not enjoyable because no. it's just my brain working. Or or if it's or if it's something that I'm not enjoying quite as much, my brain is automatically going, oh, so why did you do that? You Come get, on, It's dude. so why hard as this? a writer to read other writers' books because you tend to get either... You get really nitpicky and you start like, ooh, you know, if you had done this and this, this would have been so much stronger. Now, there's good and bad here. The good is um, it's always important to keep reading because, look, you it's always important to keep learning. Absolutely. For example, I mean, and, and I know you and I share a lot of similar loves of the of the, the Raymond Chandlers of the world. Oh, yeah. Your Dashiell Hammett's. Your uh, your Robert E. Howard, your Lovecrafts. See, I'm a huge Howard dork. Of course, and I love I love Lovecraft, but I love Howard. Howard, right. I like way more. Howard's my you favorite. You know, of that, yeah. you and I both started with with uh, you know with Terry Brooks. You know, we, we both read a lot of Terry Brooks when we were younger. A lot yeah. of the Dragonlance stuff. Oh, when I mean, we were I, I had a I still have a stack of Dragonlance. Yeah, and and all those books influenced us. And and if you, if you pay attention, a lot of those authors we named. Um, they they write in first person. Often. Well, uh, Louis L'Amour was probably the single the biggest same, reason yep, that cause exactly because he, he was one. He I don't know what his actual ratio was, but he he did third person and first person also. But he did a lot of first person. Yep, 
And I and I grew up reading him as well. And and so I think honestly the biggest single reason Monster Hunter was written in first person was I had probably read more first person at that point in my yep. life. Exactly. And and when I when I really decided I wanted to be an author, it was after I was reading a lot of Jim. I was reading a lot of Jim Butcher. And Dresden Files is all yeah, first person. Yeah, Dresden's all first person. You know. So there's Which tells you how good of a writer Jim is to have a series that long with the same narrator, point of view character the whole time, and it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. So there's that aspect. But you know, and, and, and the other good aspect is, hey, look, you know what? Like we've said before, ideas come from everywhere. You know, if 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 you decide to be a negative Nancy and you're just gonna be like, oh, well, this is stupid and dumb. I uh I think this is terrible because I'm an artiste. Who gives a crap? I don't read books in first person. Well, you're missing out then. Yeah. Mm. Or you can go, you know what? I didn't really care for what this guy did or this gal did here, but you know what? I can learn from this. Um, that's how that's how Residue came about. I was, I, I'd read too much YA fantasy that I hated. Yeah. Every, every girl in every YA series that I had written, that, that I'd read was like, Interchangeable. Oh no! The boy blinked at me wrong. I'm gonna go sit in a corner and cry. <sighs> that was going back to our character episode. Where we we're talking about you know too annoying to, and <laughs> you still want to be able to root for him and not have him be too annoying, right? And so, you know, there there are benefits to to actually reading the stuff and getting in there. Absolutely. But again, you need to make this. Please, you don't need to look. Again, we're never gonna tell you what not to do. If you're partway through the story and you're like, well, crap, uh, this should have been third person or this should have been first person all along. You can go back. You can change it. Don't worry about it. I've done that. I've done that as well. I've done that. And it's it's a pain in the butt to go back and edit that all out. But, hey, you know what? Do it. One of the things I did, um, I've actually had short stories where they were, I wrote the entire story in one form and then went back and rewrote it entirely in the different form because it worked better. Uh, then I then sometimes one of the hybrid tricks I like to do is like Monster Hunter Alpha. I had first person journal entry scenes that were basically world building and history scenes, mm-hmm. and it was all in Earl's voice, so you get in Earl's head because he's the main character. But then I jumped back to third person, so I could tell a bigger story. And that one I was I, I really liked how that turned out. That oh, turned out too. really well. Yeah, it's again for all of you kind of newer authors out there who were who are trying to decide which route you want to go. The answer is whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. It doesn't – either one can be an awesome storytelling tool. Mm-hmm. And so don't let anybody say, you know, this genre should always be this. No, no, because we can always find an example that's not. Well, we can always epic find good fantasy, Epic fantasy tends to be third person because epic fantasy tends to head jump a lot from place to place to place because they turn a very wide story. So that one's definitely harder. But that said, there are first person. Uh, there, there are several. There's many first successful first person fantasy novels. So you're all over the board on that too. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Again, it all comes down to how entertaining are, are you. Well, like you mentioned the gritty cop show once. Uh, like you know, with your bosses and your yeah. police procedurals tend to be first person. I think that dates back to Raymond Chandler. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the Chandlers, the Hammets. You yeah, know, because those guys tended to write in first person mm-hmm. for that audience. And so I think that is what set the stage for mm-hmm. the genre we now think of as thrillers and police procedurals. Well, and, and when you look at those sorts of stories, you're getting such a such a distilled, focused view, worldview 
from that character's point of view. Well, it's interesting. That's really handy for mysteries. We didn't talk yeah. about this, but anytime you have a mystery and you need to hide something from the audience and slash the narrator, first person is the easiest because he just wasn't there when it happened. Yeah. And he discovers it later. Mm-hmm. He gets clues. Third person, that's a little more challenging because you're jumping back and forth to different people's heads. One of those people has that head or has that clue, and then you got to conceal it. You know, yeah, that's and a that, good point. And, and that takes that takes a little more craftsmanship, which is funny. Cause we're bagging on Ryan Johnson for his horrible Star Wars movie, but um, Knives Out was actually really clever. Yeah, that was a clever flick. It was uh-huh. a good. It was a good movie. It was enjoyable. It was clever. It was smart. The characters made a lot of sense. What the crap happened? <laughs> I, so never. Right. Yeah. I digress. So, Over. so before we before we head out, here's here's a good idea, and maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not. Who cares? Again, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to recommend we're going to recommend something for you though. Here, write a small scene. Let let let's do the Larry exercise, okay? What he was talking about with his with with one of the short stories he wrote, and I, and I've done the exact same thing that he's done. Just write a small scene. I'm not saying write a whole short story, though if you're super ambitious, go for it. Yeah, just a few paragraphs really should yep. be enough to get the idea. Yep. Write. Take take one of those take one of those characters that we had you create in, in some past episode. Yeah. Throw them into a to a few paragraph scene. Write it in first person. Then afterwards, just save that document though. You know, we're we're accountants. We're big on on saving your work oh, yeah. don't and don't ever not, waste writing. Don't 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 waste. Um Write that same scene in third person and see see what the differences are. And I think what is going to happen is one of those you're going to have more fun with. I, I don't know which one it will be. Maybe it's the first person for you. Maybe it's the third person for you. But you're going to have more fun with one of those. And whichever one grabs you more, maybe just maybe, that's the way you should start your writing so that you stay enthusiastic about it. That sounds like a good experiment. All right. So we're out of here, guys. Again, thank you for all of your support and listening, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Correa, produced by Jack Wilder and Baron Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries, by Craig Naibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday, wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writerdojo, by leaving us a five-star rating or review, and by helping to spread the word. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. We're rebels. We hate, we hate rules. They suck.